Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am excited to be here. I want to thank Pastor Chuck and Marianne for, Marianne for uh, allowing me to come and minister to you beautiful women of God. Um, we serve an amazing God. We serve an amazing God. Amen. He has done some wonderful work through me. Hallelujah. He has set me through free from a lot of things, and I thank the Lord. Let's just uh, go before the Lord. This is just something that I just typically do. I know we've prayed a couple of times, but we never have too much prayer, huh? <laughs> Father God, we just want to thank you this morning. God, I ask you right now to settle my heart, settle my mind, Lord. Allow me to simply be your vessel that you use. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. Lord, let me be your mouthpiece to talk to your sweet, beautiful daughters today, Lord. God, open up hearts to receive that planted seed that will be watered and that would grow, Lord. That your daughters would recognize anything that they need to be set free from, Father, and willingly be acceptable be receptive to what it is you're speaking to them this morning, Father. So, God, I'm going to move out the way, and I'm going to let you have your way, Father. And, God, I just thank you. I thank you for allowing me to be a vessel that can be used in this area, Lord. I thank you first have set me free that I might go out and uh, relay the message that has been spoken to me to others that others might be free. So, God, we're just going to let you have your way. We thank you today, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Well, again, I am so glad to be here. Um, I just want to give you a little of my testimony. I think sometimes it helps to just uh, hear where I came from. And what God has done for me. Sometimes when you hear what God has done for someone else, you say, well, if he did it for her, then he can do it for me. Amen. 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 He is not a God of partiality. God loves all his children. And his desire is that all of us be blessed with his goodness. Jesus said, I came that I might give life and that I might give life more abundantly. He says to the overflow, not, not just a little bit of happiness, just not a little bit of joy, uh, overflow, abundantly. That means uh, overflow. Are we living in that overflow life, though? See, we can get saved and go to heaven, and that's all good. But what about the right now? What about what we're doing right now today? How does your life spill out over into this world and into your neighbors, into your homes, into your workplace? The love of Jesus. See, sometimes we have uh, barriers and, and boundaries and we have limitations and we have stinking thinking and we have certain things that hold us back from living that abundant life that God has come to give us. And I know that because I was there. She's told you, I've been serving for a long time. Do you know that I used to get up, go to church, lead worship, go home depressed, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, get up next Sunday, 
Lead worship. How you doing, Sister Renee? I'm blessed. Blessed and highly favored. I knew how to put on the face. I knew all the terminology. I could say all the right words. But yet, I lived in a, a prison in, in my own home. And didn't understand why. My husband would say, he would try to buy me things. He would we'd pray and, and all of these different things and just didn't know why. And then something happened in our church. You know, pastors get church hurt too. <laughs> um, so some things happened in our church. I was really devastated and I just shut down. I had... Um, just no motivation, no zeal. I went through the motions, but it, I, I, it wasn't in my heart. It was only head knowledge, and I did what I knew to do. And then I heard about this program called Breaking Free. This program actually started in San Bernardino at the Rock Church. Uh, pastor Jim and Deborah Cabray were the pastors. Now they passed it on to... Uh, their daughter and husband. So I heard about this program, and I was just hurting so that I, I, I said, I'm going to try this program. And so I went, and I was just Renee, and I sat in a circle like that, and nobody knew I was a pastor. Nobody knew I pastored a church. And so I was able to just freely speak my heart and where I was. I could tell the truth, that I was hurting, that my heart was hurt, that I had issues, that I, I, I was this way on Sunday, but this way on Monday. And I was able to express that. And so I went through that program, and it did wonders for me. It revealed things that had happened in my past that I had no clue affected my future, affected my present, affected the way I thought, affected what I could receive from God. See, some of the things, some of the promises that God has for us, we're unable to receive them because of our stinking thinking. We don't think we deserve it. Sometimes we are taught if we have less and we're poor and we sacrifice and we give up everything, oh, we're so godly, right? No. Do you know that there is nothing you could do to earn your salvation, there is nothing else you can do. Once you're saved, you save. Let me say, Isaiah says, even at your best, all your righteousness is like a filthy rag. Do you know what kind of rag that's talking about? A menstrual cycle. Your, your, your menstrual cycle rag. You at your best, doing everything you think that you can do for God, is likened to a filthy rag. Paul says that all my accolades is but garbage. There is nothing we can do to earn God's love or to make uh, us more holy and to, to make us better with God. It's already done. That's what Jesus did on Calvary. That's what he did on the cross. He took care of it already. So we have to understand who we are as God's children and all the promises, really the bottom line in breaking free is understanding who God is, what God has done, and what God wants to do in our lives, and who you are in Christ Jesus. He says you're sitting 
up in heaven and the heavenly places. You know you have everything pertaining to godliness, that you have the mind of Christ. We are made in the image of God. But we've got to live like that. We are king's kids. God wants to bless us with all good things. And so I went through the program, and there was things that have happened that, that just in my environment of growing up, the baby of eight children and, and um, losing my parents as, as a teenager, uh, things that... Let me tell you one little simple thing that God brought to my, my remembrance. I'm 61 years old. I cannot remember what happened in kindergarten. But when I was 53, he showed me an incident and where rejection came in. My mother would walk me to school and one day we were late, and so she, she would typically walk me to the door and walk me to the, to the classroom. We were late this day, so she said, run in and go to the door that says one. Now, I started at four. Typically, kindergarten is, is, is five, but for whatever reason, they let me start early. So I go, and I see two doors that say one. And I see this, and, and you guys, God is playing this in my head like a movie. And I see this little girl in the courtyard, and she's crying. And then the teacher hears, and she opens up the door. And when I walked into the room, the whole class laughed at me. Now, mind you, I'm four. Just imagine your grandchild or your children at the age of four walking in the room of their peers, of their classmates, and they all laugh at you. That was the door that opened rejection. And so you wonder why, as an older person, I'm depressed and I have anxiety, and I don't quite know why, because I didn't know that the door of rejection had been opened. And when certain things happen in our lives and when those doors are open, it allows the enemy to use that. I don't know if you believe, but I too do believe, and, and there's several examples in, in the Bible. There's something that's called generational strongholds, where those things pass down from one generation to the next. And the way you stop it is when you stand for righteousness and you say it's going to stop here. I'm not going to let this pass down to my children. I'm not going to let this pass down to my grandchildren. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My father was an alcoholic. My brothers did drugs. I'm not going to let it pass down to my children and my grandchildren. But I had to find out where the door was open that the enemy was using. Because you know where the battlefield? <laughs> he uses the mind. He plants the thoughts. He causes people to be drawn to us because he knows the weakness of that family. And so there's power when you know where the door is open. You can clean up the room. You can renounce it out, and it can no longer have power over your life and your children and your grandchildren. 
And so that's kind of the, the gist of the program. Um, but I thank God. I've been doing this since 2012, and I've watched hundreds of women be set free. There's other things that have happened in my life, and no, I, I, I don't wish it to happen. And I would, Of course, we want to have the easy road, right? But you know what? To watch women set free, it's worth it. Because, see, now I know my why and why those things happen. That he can work all things together for my good because I am called by him and I love him. That he can take the things that have happened to me and the way God comforted me, I can comfort someone else. What a blessing. It's kind of like, I got out of the cage, I got out of the prison, and now I'm going to go and grab other people that are in and, and, and get them out. That's a blessing. So when Marianne called me and, and the topic is breaking free, I'm like, yeah! You know how you say, well, I, let me pray about it and I'll get back to you. Oh, no, no, no. Mary, did, Mary, did, did I say I had to pray about it? I gave you a... I, Yes. This is my lane. Sometimes you got to find where's your lane. You know, we're, we're, um, we were at a conference, and I really liked the speaker said, he says, he says, I don't like the model of stepping up the ladder. He says, I like it to look, I liken it to a lane where we're running. We have a destination. Because in a lane, you have a destination. You're going somewhere. He says, when you go up a ladder, if something happens at the bottom, you're at the top. What happens? You can go down. But when you're on a level field and you have a destination, you can keep going. So I, I liken us to, to being in a lane. And that's, let's go to the scripture. And there, here we have Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. This one little simple scripture the Lord gave me this morning. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to, into Jesus, the Arthur and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. God, thank you for your word. There's power in your word. So, if we go back in chapter 11, he's talking about the heroes of faith and how it was reckoned unto Abraham because he believed. He believed when God told him that he was going to have the promised child. Abraham was 100. Sarah, over 90. But that same power that, Ray, that allowed Sarah to have that baby lives inside of us. <laughs> but he 
believed. So it was reckoned to him as righteousness. It talks about Moses and it talks about Isaac and Jacob and all these heroes of faith. And, and, and so it says, so just as them, the same as them, just as they did, it's appointed unto us to hold on and run with endurance and have patience. And in that, we are to lay aside every weight. Think of a, of a person that, that, that's a, a runner. Imagine them running with a backpack and a 10-pound bag of potatoes. Can you imagine the, the, uh, the weight running? That you got to find out what's your bag of potatoes that you got to set aside that's holding you back. Yeah, you're still walking out your salvation with fear and trembling. trembling. You're still doing service and you're going to church and you worship and, and you pray sometimes and, and you worship and, and you're going to Bible study, but you're weighted. What is that weight? What is that weight that you have to lay aside that you can run this race and receive that abundant life that Jesus has for you? When, it, when you see that word for weight, it, it's bulk or mass. And it's talking about unnecessary garments, clothing. That's your feelings and those bad habits and that mind. And we abuse God's mercy and his grace. I know the Lord knows my heart. God understands that I, I struggle with that. And we use that that mercy and that grace, because God is a patient God. God is a God that's of another chance, and we, we misuse that. But it's only because it's that thing that we just keep struggling with. I've gone to the altar. The elders have laid hands on me. I, I, you know, I, I gave up this. I'm sacrificing this, but I'm still struggling in this one area. I still have this weight. So what is that weight that we're carrying? It says sin which so easily ensnares us. It's that sin that deceives you in thinking that it's okay to live that way because you're a Christian and you know you're going to heaven, but, but it, it has a hold on you. And you don't realize it. So what is it? You want to be an athlete. You don't, you don't want garments that's dragging. Can, have you ever, you've been running or, or, or walking and your shoe is untied? Or, or something that, or, or, or you have a jacket and it's hot. So you tie the jacket around and the, the jacket is dangling and you're trying to run. Get rid of it. You got to get rid of it. You got to lay it aside. But you got to find out what is it. What is that item that's hindering you? So the first thing, what are these weights? The first thing is awareness. 
And if anything, that would be the, the, the least that, that I would want you to get today. Some type of awareness, if this pertains to you, if, if this resonates with you, if, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, if you're already feeling something stirring in you, that you will be aware of what your weight is. That you can recognize it. That's the first step. The first step in the program is that you have to recognize that you need to be set free. You have to recognize because of some of your past hurts and pains, environments that you lived in. You know what? We have in some homes where they have all these sayings and, and we say it like it's biblical and it's not. Will God help those that help their own? And, and just, just little sayings. And, and, we, and we make it biblical. And, so, and, and sometimes in families, there's, there's those little things that happen in, in the family, and we kind of sweep it in the rug. Nobody talks about it. And it's like what happens in this house stays in the house, and that's, that's just how it is. And, and, and you're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. But don't you say anything to anybody else. Sometimes we, we live in these environments, and we leave, live in these homes, and these things are going on. And we don't understand how it affects us. I know my mother didn't know how that day going to school affected me. I had no clue. But now hindsight, 2020, I can see how I dealt with rejection. When I look over my life, when I look over my, my upbringing, I used to have to be perfectly matched. My uh, room had to be perfect because Rejection came in, and what your thought process is, if, I'm, if everything is right, and if I do everything right, you won't reject me. But I had a falsehood of believing that that was the answer to my situation, when it wasn't. It was spiritual. It was deeper than that. It was more than that. But I didn't understand that growing up. So awareness... There's some past hurts. There's some fears. There's some wrong beliefs. There's some, some bad habits that we've created from our past that is affecting our presence right now, and it's going to affect our future. And, you know, some people don't believe that. I'm actually counseling someone right now, and she has a lot of, a lot of baggage in her, her childhood. A lot of things happen. And she said, well, Pastor Renee, I don't believe that. You know why? Because uh, she pulled herself out of where she lived, and um, she you know, bought a couple of homes. She went to dental school. She started a dental office, and, and, and so she feels like she's successful, and so that didn't affect her. But she has issues in her marriage. She's sad and doesn't know why. But she doesn't believe what happened to her in the past is affecting her present. She doesn't believe that what happened to her in her past is causing her to have stinking thinking. She doesn't believe that what has happened to her in her past has caused her to believe that she doesn't deserve what she has. She doesn't believe that God loves her so much just the way she is that she doesn't have to do anything to come to him, that he says, come as you are because of what has happened to her past, but she doesn't believe it. The first step is you've got to be aware of it. You have to recognize that there's things that have been spoken over you. Do you know that it's power in words? 
Death and life is in the power of the tongue. There's things that have been said to you over and over as a little kid, and right now you believe that is you, and it's not. But you had a broken parent that broke their child. Generational strongholds. Some don't even know what they've done. We don't even know what we're doing to some of our children today because of the words that we speak. That's so stupid. Don't be stupid. Even though you're saying, you're saying well, I'm not calling you stupid. What did they hear? I'm so stupid. So they go to school, I'm so stupid. We have to watch the words that we say. There's power in the words. So these things that happen to us, they cause us to have a bent character. And I liken to, to our bodies being bent. So if I walked around like this, you would know that there was something different about me, right? That I'm bent. But if we're all walking like this, it would look normal because we're all bent, right? Well, guess what? Up here, we all bent. We just don't see it. Here's the thing. I don't know, and, and, and it could be. Maybe if you lived in a bubble and you haven't been exposed to the world, but we're all dysfunctional in some kind of way. If truth be told, yeah, even your household. If truth be told, if you receive right now what the Lord is, is saying, an awareness to understand that those things have affected you, and these issues have opened doors for the enemy to use it against us. And, and, and the sad part about it's stunning our growth. It's stunning you from being all that you can be to do all that God has called you to do with, with confidence in who you are in Christ Jesus. Oh, my God. If we all only knew the plan that God has for us, this wonderful plan of hope, it's not calamity. God has purpose in everything that he does. Even those days in the ashes, he can make them beautiful. He can use it. I know he has for me. So as Christians, we don't, we're saved once we're saved. So it's not about the, whether you're going to heaven or not, but it's what you're doing here on, on earth. So what do what the, these weights look like? Some of you hold in anger. You're angry. You don't really know why. Certain things can be said. Somebody pulls your trigger. And you can be silent and angry. You don't say it, but you think it. And you feel it inside. Some of you are dealing with anger. Some are bitter. You're bitter about some things that have happened. Some things that, that people have done to you. And it's caused you to have a, a, a root judgment that's caused you to be bitter. Perversion. And perversion is not always sexual. Perversion is when you use anything that is not meant to be used for. You pervert the use of it. 
This is a biggie. It was a biggie for me. Unforgiveness. We're holding on to some things that has happened to us, that's been said to us, that we feel should have happened, whatever. And we have unforgiveness. What is salvation really based on? Jesus forgiving us, right? God tells us that we have to forgive. Even that person that has done something really awful to you. No, not I, but the Christ that lives in me. Because I don't believe that our God would tell us to do something that he wouldn't enable us to do. And that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. But we have abandonment issues. We have addiction issues. We have betrayal. We have depression. We have abuse of all kinds, physical, mental, emotional, sexual, spiritual. So this negative thinking and having some unhealthy ways of coping with pain, disappointment, Rejection, it affects us. These issues affect the way we live today. These issues become weights that slow us down. When God wants to elevate you, you're weighted down. You got to find out what is that weight. And if it remains in place and it's not identified and dealt with, it's going to continue to affect you. So here, we're called to strip away the weights and to fix our eyes on Jesus. The problem is that many of you, your issues are so blaring that you can't fix your eyes on Jesus. It's like the tree is right here, and so you don't know it's a whole forest right there. Because that issue is right there. And so you can't, you can't stay focused. When you're in your, your quiet time and you're trying to hear from God, your mind goes all over the place and you can't stay focused. But you got to find out what is that weight and where did that weight enter in? And that's what the program does. It helps you. It takes you through a process of identifying your bent character. Maybe you're double-minded. You, when you're with this group of people on this day, you're this way. And when you're with, on this one, you're this way. Or if someone asks you, well, I don't know, what about you? And you just, you just go. I had one young lady, we were doing a, a mentor call, and um, we were talking, and it just hit her. That she was in a spelling bee, and she was the last girl with spelling bee. And she couldn't remember if, if the word ended with O-R or E-R, and she got it wrong. Her mom was yelling at her. The team was all disappointed in her because she didn't make the right choice and they didn't win the spelling bee. This is when she was little and she was telling me how she was double-minded, like she can't make up her mind and she, one minute she wants this and then the next, and she, but we found out the origin and where it came in to deal with why she became double-minded. So you have to find out what is your weight? What, what is your bent character? What is it that you need to work on so that you can see where that entered in? But this is what I love about the program. 
The great news is the restoration that you can restore by the power of the Holy Spirit. You, do you know that all of our organs are, are, are fully our organs when we are born, except the brain? The brain grows until we're 18. And then we continue to learn and use the brain. So although you might have stinking thinking and bad habits, the good thing, you can reverse it. But you have to put some things in place to reverse it. Dr. Caroline Leith, she's a uh, brain expert, and she talks, she likens our thoughts to trees. And she says, when you grow up or when you have the stinking thinking, it's like a tree. And then that, that tree will bro grow branches. So, you know, out of fear, you have anxiety and um, depression and you have undecidedness. Uh, you have all these different branches that, that grow from that one, from that one negative thought. All that comes out of that one negative thought. But she says, when you retrain your thinking, you can start to uh, uh, wither away the negative with positive. Now you keep doing the positive. Now the positive tree is growing branches. And the negative tree is dwindling away. So you have to change. What does Romans say about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the, come on, y'all know it. So we got we to gotta renew, we got to renew our mind with the right thinking, though. <laughs> and yes, renewing by the word, but how do you know what word you need for the renewing that you need in your thinking? If, if I have an infection or if, if something's going on in my body, I need to understand what, if it's a virus or an infection or whatever so that the right antibody is given to me, right? So that I know what I need to, to, to cure that, to fix that, to diagnose that. And that's the same thing with your thinking. You can focus on one scripture, but that scripture is not speaking to that issue that you because you don't want to deal with that issue, so you like that scripture, and so you want to quote that scripture, but you don't want to say God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Yes, do you hear that? It's a spirit of fear. That spirit of fear is rampant, and that spirit of fear brings so much with it. It immobilizes you from doing what God has called you to do, from believing who God has called you to be, who you are. So you got to change your thinking. So you got to find out what is that weight. You got to deal with your fears. It, it, one of the books that I use is called Unbound, and he he talks about when when the he and his wife were having their first child, that they they went to a Lamaze class and they got education because they were fearful. This was the first child. She didn't know what to. She was going to experience. She heard different women say how it's painful. Some say they love it. And she's, so they went and they, they got educated. They, they, they found out what actually happens. And so it alleviated the fear of what was going to happen. And so we need help. We, we need programs like Breaking Free. We, we need others that, that can help you to see so that you can alleviate your fear. You can see what's behind it, what's causing it. So 
awareness, being aware of what is that weight? What is that weight in your life? What is that one thing that you know you're struggling with, that you're having issues with? And then you have to say, do I have a weight? You have to admit it. There needs to be some admittance. You have to stop trying to and ignore it, but identify it. You have to admit to your past experiences. You have to admit to some things that have happened to you, and you have to deal with those things. When you look at the way God has created us, there's things that we need as humans. I'm in school now, so learning human development, that attachment, Attachment, it is so important. That first year of your life and you being attached to your mother or that caregiver is so important. That that's going to cause how you, you, you respond to life. Are you going to avoid relationships? God made us to be relational. Do you avoid? Do you have... Do you have problems having relationships with, with other females? And, and, and I'm talking about where you're vulnerable and you tell them, who do you call when you start feeling depressed or you just feel sad or you just need to, to cry? Who do you call when you say, I just need to be needy today. Can I be needy? <laughs> and, and what do we do? It's like, you, you're so needy. Well, guess what? God made us to be needy. He did. The church knitted together. That's how we get it done. No one person can do all that God wants us to do. We need each other. Can you be needy with a sister? That's the way we're made. We, we, we need relationship. We need attachments. We, but, but do you have issues with, with being vulnerable with someone and you know, I, I struggled with that. I mean, even now, I'm a counselor. I'm a pastor. I have people coming to me all the time. I have people say, oh, I don't want to bother you. I said, look, bother me, and if I don't want to be bothered, I won't answer the phone. <laughs> I said, can you let me determine how busy my schedule is? But I'm so available to anybody that has a need, but then when I have a need, it's like, Pastor Renee, who do you talk to? Who do you talk to when that spirit of depression tries to come back on you, even though you know you've renounced it and you don't have it in your life anymore, but it still tries to come on you because sometimes you get like a heavy schedule and, and you feel all overwhelmed and you feel that depression wants to sit on you? Who do you call, Pastor Renee, to be vulnerable with? We need that. You need that. Someone that you can pour out your guts. Not everybody, okay? On testimony night, we don't want you testifying then, but someone that you can trust. But when you have that right attachment, you can trust others. You can trust God. Some of you don't totally trust God because you got some attachment issues. God, help me with my unbelief. He says, yeah, you need to talk to this person so... I can help you with your unbelief and show you what it is. And separation. Separation is when you know how to be alone and it's okay. 
that, that you're okay that you don't agree with her, and it's okay. That you can say, Sister Marianne, I'm sorry, no. Here, in a healthy way. Now, if you're not doing anything, I'm not talking about you. But some of you, you don't know how to say no, and you're overwhelmed, and you, you really don't have the time, or you really don't want to do it, but you don't know how to say no, because you don't have healthy boundaries. You got problems with separation. Because sometimes it's okay to say no. You don't have to say yes to everything. And then you have integration. Integration is when there's going to be some really good things that happen to you, and yes, but you know what? There's going to be some really negative things that happen. Death happens. Illnesses happen. Things happen. Your children go wayward. Things happen. And you have to learn how to integrate positive with negative and don't let one or the other take you to one extreme. God is a balanced God. He says he hates an unbalanced scale. But you have to learn how to integrate. You have to learn how to count on all joy in the middle of a trial. Are you supposed to be jump, jumping up? Woo, 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 woo. No, no. Because your kid is out there in the street? No. But you know that God is working something in you to make you complete. And so you say, I know this is not going to take me out. God, no, it doesn't feel good. No, I don't want it. But God, I know you're sovereign. And I'm going to trust you because I have attachment right. And I have separation right. And I can integrate. I can integrate negative things with positive things in my life and know that my life is going to still be okay. That it's not going to always be apple pie, baseball, everything's great. And then there's adulthood. Adulthood is when you can properly uh, uh, assess authority. Being in the position and under the position. Because sometimes being in the position, we don't handle it correctly and don't treat people right. And then some of us got issues. We have rebellion issues. And, and it's because we had some problems with some authority figures in our life. And so we just have an issue of somebody that's in authority over us. And, and it's not what always said out verbally. Sometimes it's inward. You know, the, in the prodigal son, the older son, he didn't, he didn't say anything, but he didn't do it. So it's not always verbal. It's not always verbal. So authority. Do you have the right, the right mindset and authority? That God has made an order. And that's, that, that's the order. But here's the deal. If you buy an item from a particular manufacturer, who would know better how it works? Who created it? And who created us? Who might know better how we work? So we got to find out what he says. And so he has authority. It, 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 it's, it's his order, and we have to learn how to accept it and operate under it. So you have to be aware that there's weights that are holding you down. And then you have to identify them and admit to them. You have to admit that your mother said certain things to you and it made you feel small, it made you feel unheard, it made you feel unwanted, it made you feel unloved. 
and you have worthy issues and possibly had some, some relationship issues because of those words. You've got to face some things maybe that uh, happened to you, you were mishandled in, inappropriately. You've got to face those things. And you've got to deal with them. And put them in their perpet, proper place. Because when you were young, you didn't understand it. And you may have even blamed yourself. But you have to put it in your proper place. Now that you're older, now that you have more knowledge, you have to put it in its proper place so that you can't let it determine and affect and influence how you think about yourself today so that you could know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So the next thing you have to do is say, how do I get out? Uh, how do I lay aside? How do I get rid of these weights? Now it's actions. What do you need to do? You need to find that confidant, that person you trust, and you need to talk about it. You need to get into a program like Breaking Free. Uh, I think most of the ladies that are here with me, they've gone through it. And God has done some amazing things in their lives. God revealed things to them that they didn't even know affected the way they thought. The way they even did ministry, the, the way they received a, 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 a correction. Some of us have problem with correction because you had issues with authority figures in your life before. And you wonder why. Like, I don't know. I just don't like her telling me what to do. I, I mean, I don't mind doing it. I'm going to do it. But I just don't like, don't, she don't have to tell me what to do. I, can, I know to do it. But we wonder why we have that kind of attitude. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't, I mean, I just, know, I just, you don't need to tell me. I know I can do it. But we don't understand why we got an attitude. We got to identify it. So what do we need to do? You need to do something about it. The first thing you need to do, you need to go to God. You need to go to God and ask God, Lord, I heard this word. She talked about these weights. She talked about the sin that ensnares me. Search my heart. See, if, is there anything wicked? Is there anything holding me down? Is, am I carrying any weight that I need to deal with? I believe when you search the heart, the Lord with your whole heart, you will find him. And he will reveal it to you. And then you need to share it with someone, someone that you have confidence in. Some of you might need to go to therapy. And I know that that's like the, oh, that's the, 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 the bad T word. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with it. It, it, it actually is very freeing. You can just talk about some things and get it off your chest, and you feel better. Uh, you know, the people in the world, even in the church, we put stigmas on people and things, and they're the very things that we need to make us better. And we run from it. We hide from it. We talk about it when it's, it's things that God has put in place to help us be all that we want to be. Here is 
some symptoms of being emotionally unhealthy. Um, using God to run from God. Engaging in endless Christian responsibilities outside the home. Doing God's work to satisfy you and not him. It feels good to be needed. It feels good when you do, you help people and you do things. But what's the motive? Where's your heart? Is it because you want to be recognized? Is it because you like how they say, oh, she's always up at the church. She just helps us with everything. And, but, but at home, there, things are not going so well. Ignoring anger, sadness, fear, depression, anxiety. Dying to the wrong things. It says the most miserable you are and the more you suffer, the more God loves. That's wrong. Denying the impact of your past into your future and your present. Dividing your life into secular and sacred compartments. On Sunday, you know, God is good. I love the Lord. But Monday through Friday at work and other places doesn't kind of even out. Doing for God instead of being with God. You don't have time for prayer and quiet time and worship, but you have time to do, oh, I got to get up early because I got to get, I got to take care of this for the Lord. When he wants us to be with him, to spend time, he'll prepare you for whatever it is that he has for you. Spiritualizing away conflict, smoothing over disagreements or sweeping them under the rug is part of what it means to follow Jesus. Well, you don't talk about those things. We, you know, we don't talk about those things. Those are not things that we talk about. Covering over brokenness, weakness, and failure. Living without limits. Good Christians supposed to give and tend to the needs of others. Never say no. And guilty if you do. And, and, and let me bring some balance, because I'm a pastor. I understand the need of the church. I understand that everybody that's part of the body, you need to do your part. Don't use this to sit at home and not do anything and not do your part. But don't use it to think that that's going to make you have a better relationship with God. You've got to have balance. And that's what we don't have in the church. We have extremes. And then you burn out, and then you don't want to come for a whole year. Are you complaining, and you dread coming to church because you know you got to do all these things because i got to do all these things so everybody knows that I do all these things. But if you can get behind why you have to do it that way, then you, won't, you can have a healthy way in serving. Well, you enjoy it. You're fulfilled because you're doing what God calls you to do. So you got to get active. you got to do something about it. I believe and I know that God is speaking to some of you in this room now. 
that, that I'm, I'm rolling that barrel, I'm rolling that ball down the, 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 the roll there, and it's going, oop, just, just say ouch and just say, okay, I'm going to do it, Lord. He's tapping on your heart. But you got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Like I told you before, really the bottom line to breaking free is knowing who God is. Truly knowing who God is. God spoke and it was. That's all he had to do is speak. And we have these problems and we just feel like we're going to fall apart. Like God can't handle it. There's nothing too hard for him. And then you got to know who you are, who you are, who you are, who God, you're created in God's image. You are loved. You are accepted. You're a child of God. You're Jesus' friend. You're joint heir with Jesus. You're sharing an inheritance with him. You're united with God. You have the Holy Spirit. You're a part of the body. You're a saint. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You're complete in Christ Jesus. You are free from condemnation. There is no condemnation. We are our worst critics. Some of us are living with shame and guilt that you should not be carrying. Jesus died on the cross for that. You are free in Jesus. You are a new creation. You are chosen. You're holy. You're established. You're anointed. You're sealed. You're seated in heavenly places. And get this, the scripture says that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you right now. The enemy might be going to and fro and accusing you of everything you're doing, but you have Jesus interceding for you. You got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. I just know that the church needs to be on fire. The church can do so much more if you can lay down that weight. That weight that is stopping you from feeling that you have the power to raise Jesus from the dead living inside of you. That you can speak to the the sick and tell them to be healed and they be healed. You can go up to the dead and tell them to rise and they can rise. But you got to believe it's done unto you as you believe. You got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You're more than a conqueror. Find out what that weight is so you can walk in the power of the Holy Ghost and do what God has called you to do and do it with confidence. I want to close with this scripture in Psalms 139, verses 11 through 18. Psalms 139, starting with verse 11. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know. You watched me as I was being formed in the other seclusion. 
And as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. God, I just thank you for this word, Lord. God, I pray that you would just begin now to speak to your daughters, Lord. Father, that you would begin to show them what that weight is, Lord. God, that you would, would uh, draw your daughter onto you, Lord. So, God, I pray that you do what only you can do, Lord. And, God, we thank you. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.